Hi, I'm George. I'm Dan. I'm Rick. And, and we, we are Queer Magnolias, the podcast. Each episode, we're going to talk about what it was like growing up gay in the South. The trials and the tribulations. The joy and the struggle. And more importantly, how we became who we are today. Oh, honey, queer and fabulous. So come on in, y'all, and get comfortable, Shug. Kick off your shoes and sit a spell. And at the end of each episode, we're going to meet up out on the front porch for my favorite part of the podcast, Happy Hour. So join us for an all-you-can-eat buffet of cutting up, foolishness, and caring on. Always served with a heaping helping of sass. And that's a Queer Magnolia's Guarantee. Hey, y'all. Hey. Welcome back to another Queer Magnolia's recording. Yes. Today, we have a real hoedown of a hootenanny. Rick's oh, on what? I fell down. Hoe down. <laughs> Hoe down. <laughs> so as we sip our sweet tea and fan the sweat off our brows. It's warm out today. <laughs> warm out yesterday, too. <laughs> warm again tomorrow. <laughs> we will retell our most favored and cherished southern tropes. Or just the ones we pull off the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those. <laughs> so come on out to the barn. Don't forget your falsies and dancing trousers. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And bring your old banjo as we capture all of our beloved stereotypes of the good old South. No, 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 no. <laughs> Yeehaw, boys. Take it away. <laughs> I'm afraid of this episode already. <laughs> I feel like Lulu Roman should be here. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. I don't know anything about Southern tropes, so y'all are gonna have to take this one. Yeah. Is that like marrying your cousins? Is that like what a Southern trope is? It's when your aunt is your stepmother. Uh, wait, didn't that happen in your yeah, family? Well, yeah, let's talk about other things. I mean, Sometimes the tree doesn't branch very far. I mean, most tropes are what? Mullets, missing teeth, and marrying your sister cousin, right? That's, yeah. that's really West Virginia. It. Oh, <laughs> and possum is a main staple of your diet. That is true. Well, uh, you know, we've all got that family member that looks like they should be straight out of Dukes of Hazard or <laughs> one of those, anyway. But all right, pull some, uh, pull some tropes. Let's talk. What you got? Listen. Spill the sweet tea. Let's just spill the sweet well, tea. Well, I, I know I started the whole intro with probably the most common thing, and that's y'all. Yeah, of y'all. <laughs> well, that is a, that's a true one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is. Well, it is, and I think, you know, we've done it on here a little more than I would. Well, I've done it on here a little more than I would typically. Same. So, I don't use it know. as much in real life. I remember when Paula Dean was first becoming popular, she annoyed the hell out of me because I'm like, no one says it that much. And now that little girl <laughs> on Southern Living Magazine, uh-huh. uh, her Hey Y'all, my good heavens. She does make good desserts, but I mean, honestly, no one says it that much. Well. I don't think, do they? I, you know, that's <laughs> funny because I feel like when I go home, it's you just slip back into it so easily when you're around. It takes me a week to to you know break out of that southern like especially when I'm talking to my sister. My sister's accent is so thick. I have to ask her to repeat herself constantly. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> He's just trying to distance himself from his past. <laughs> well, you know, I've said this before, but one of the things about having a southern accent when you're anywhere else in the world, they immediately deduct points from your IQ. And I feel like you have to work harder to get those points back with people. I know what you're going to say, Danny. You've used it to your advantage many times. Yeah, but I'm, uh, like I said, I just feel like you have to work harder for it. So for me, distancing myself actually was something I did try to do. I, you know, I hear you. And I think I agree with you for the most part. But then I also think I don't have anything to prove to anyone. So I don't have to earn my points back. I think it also seems to make you a little more exotic to people. I agree. I've used it to my advantage. (laughs) Something we've all discussed. I mean, that's probably a great position to have when you're 80. Well, (laughs) you know, there are things, you know, the filter coming off of your mouth and stuff like that. It happens as you grow older. (laughs) (laughs) But in your 20s, it's a little more challenging. Maybe you were just challenging. Well, that's entirely possible, too. <laughs> so I, I think that. we can all say that this trope is true. Y'all is true. <laughs> y'all What's next? Is true. <laughs> all right, next. I know there's an entire like etymology of y'all and where it's not that old, actually. 
It's just a very shortened version of yeah. you all. You all. Mm-hmm. You all. Exactly. And if you all are on I, my damn nerves. Yeah, yeah. You, and if you're from up north, you say use guys. So, well, I mean, you know. Hey, you use. Know. Yeah. Use guys. Use. So use that's guys. something about y'all, and I think this is very true for the South. We like to take words and put them together a lot. Yes. We do that a lot. A lot. nut. See, exactly. <laughs> Nair one. Can't. <laughs> what is can't? Can't paint. Cannot. Can, uh, I can't, can't paint the paint. I don't know there was an I in, in either of those words. I don't see well, how that works. On what part of North Carolina oh. you're from. <laughs> That's funny. Ain't was always a funny word. Oh, yeah. Ain't. Yeah. Well, I guess it's sticking with the intro and how I went. It's drinking sweet tea. Sweet tea. And I tried to put it in the intro. I tried to put as many stereotypes as I could think of at the top of my head in my introduction. And sweet tea, definitely. <laughs> I don't think it was until I got to the Midwest that I realized that there actually wasn't. There was tea syrup with <laughs> no sugar. sugar <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, God, we uh, every day we had tea. Like my grandma made it every single day for dinner. There was yep. always a fresh pitcher of sweet tea. I think the amount of sugar that is put in it. When your grandma makes it yeah. versus what you got, what you get at Bojangles, that's, <laughs> you know, that's syrupy sugar put <laughs> in there. Exactly. It's like, you know, that there is a For reason cons- why, <laughs> there's a reason why obesity is so prevalent oh, in the it's South. True. Because, I mean, sugar is inserted in so many things. At this point in life, I might be able to drink half sweet, half unsweet, mm. but I can't drink sweet tea by itself. It's just too much. Did y'all grow up with lemon in your tea? Because I did yes. not. I didn't either. Mm-hmm. A lot. Lemon was for pie in my household. Thank you. <laughs> no, we had it in tea a lot. Quite a bit. Hmm. Especially in the summertime. Not s- it was weird. It was very seasonal for mom, but yeah. Well, and you when well, when I was growing up, it was hard to get um oranges and lemons and limes and stuff in the winter because they they weren't you Off couldn't the trees, get them yeah. you know because you couldn't truck the men from California it take 3 years to get Girl, Florida's right there <laughs> I mean, even though in the well, growing up we didn't have a lot of fruit outside no. of the summer we well mm. citrus is a winter fruit yeah well we got that's we why got, you get oranges at christmas oh. and you're in the toe of your stocking oh okay with your peanuts <laughs> Not peanuts, you silly goose. With Brazil nuts and walnuts and pecans. Pecan. Not pecans. a pecan, but a pecan. Scott Seifert, it's pecan, not pecan. It that's is a, a pecan. There's a southern trope, pecan. Yes, pecan. That's right. Well, and we've discussed this a couple of times, the number of people who are so ashamed of calling it a pecan or an ant, you know, who just magically has to be an aunt. Well, that's true. Pecan. Do you, when you talk about pecans now to other people, do you say pecan? Nope. No, I say pecan. Oh, no, I do. I say pecan. But I also <laughs> say ant, unless it's somebody I know who will just swoon over the fact that I couldn't say uh-huh. uh-huh. You all say you would rather. I'd rather. <laughs> so, I like <laughs> Some things I like the easy way. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't take it easy. Well, take it greasy, baby. <laughs> Ew, uh, this is not a Crisco episode. If it's not spit, it's not love. See? We should do a Crisco episode. I, I, fe- I have a feeling Crisco <laughs> may come up in these southern That's tropes. Right. Well, not Crisco, however. <laughs> the next one we are going to discuss is embrace Embracing butter as a way of life. Guilty. Butter. Butterface. Butter. Butterface. So. Is that, is that, and so these are tropes. So yeah, I think yeah. as Southerners, we need to prove I mean, them right or prove them wrong. I mean, why wouldn't you enjoy butter I mean, as a way of life? Too. I enjoy butter with just yeah. about everything. Well, no, I love butter, but growing up, I feel like my grandmother was much more like a margarine person. Mom, I, mama was a margarine, but you know, my stepmother, like eggs, she fries in oil. Mm, yeah. Not not grease from bacon, but oil. Yeah. Oh, bacon grease. Yeah. Now, bacon, bacon grease, grease. you know, <laughs> honey, I, we all had a can yes. on the counter with all the bacon grease and sausage grease went into it. And sometimes steak grease, but mostly bacon. Steak grease? Yes. If you're meat grease. It's a meat grease, I guess. It's a meat grease can. Yes, honey, bacon grease. Bacon grease. Right, <laughs> nobody would make... Collard greens, thank or cabbage, you, thank you. Without some meat grease in there, it's just not right. Even though that was completely vegetarian, and everyone, 
<laughs> We're having vegetables. Well, yeah, sure exactly. you are. That's a, that's a southern vegetarian dish yeah. for sure. So there's a trope. <laughs> yes, there is a trope. Well, and I know that one of the things on the list, I'll skip ahead a little bit, is everything is fried. Yeah, I did grow up in a house. We've discussed this many times. I grew up in a house where Mama fried everything she could get her mm-hmm. hands on, and not just fried. Fried till it, it was, was within an inch of its, of its life. Yeah. You could chops. not tell. <laughs> you couldn't tell whether it was a pork chop or shoe leather. <laughs> it was cooked. If my mother saw pink, mm. I, she'd have fainted. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Oh, oh, fried like, okra was a big uh, with one of my aunts. <laughs> <laughs> I love fried okra. <laughs> oh, me too. I love. I cannot stand it unless it's fried. Oh, that's the only I, way you can eat it. Yeah, stewed okra. No, man. Well, if you have a little gummy and gross, dash, well, maybe. I like but, okra. I like that. I, like I actually the, like. It's okra. a great. Te- I like the texture of it. <laughs> no it, one says that. That's not true. <laughs> so the funny. Well, it's like nopales. It's like cactus. It's kind of yeah, similar. Yeah, oh. you're right. And I don't care for that either. Oh, and Rick can cut this out like you don't swallow it. It's a, it's an okra for heaven's sakes. It's like oysters. I guess it depends mm. from whence it comes. <laughs> <laughs> Source is everything, honey. <laughs> Farm to table, honey. Farm to table. <laughs> Living room to bedroom. <laughs> well, I remember a margarine and like, I can't believe it's not butter and all those mm-hmm. oleo and all those. Oleo. My all grand- those fa- alternative yeah. to butters. And that was a common thing. It was like, oh, this is healthier for you. Butter's terrible. I don't even know what oleo is, but my Actually, oleo. mom's grandparent, my, my mom's parents, they always had oleo. Oh, I believe oh. oleo is actually maybe the Spanish word for butter, mm. but it became a brand sort of like, I can't believe it's margarine. To- but it was margarine, right? It wasn't. Yeah, it was it obviously it was wasn't cheap butter. Okay. The mantequilla is butter. Oh, that's but, right. That's right. There Wrong was a again. brief point in time where we switched over to margarine, and then I think everybody was like, oh, and we went right back to butter. I don't so. honestly even know what margarine is. Oleo is actually just, it's, it is margarine. That's what it is. It's just it's a brand so, name for it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So here's a, a unique fact, and I actually tested this. You can put a stick of margarine out in a bowl mm-hmm. outside the rain, just outside, and it will be there a year from now. Oh, so it's like mm-hmm. Velveeta. Yeah. <laughs> it does not go. Flies will come all over it and leave it. But it can sit there for a year and not decompose because it's totally artificial. Oh, delish. Disgusting. <laughs> and my mother loved it. Oh, honey, she loved it like Peter and Paul. I'm telling you. Right there. <laughs> and it's just it's just a term for oils. And, you know, it's interesting. You're talking about oils and sitting, you know. Earls. Earl. <laughs> Oil, if you're from. Oh. Yeah, the Oil. I always thought it was odd to leave out bacon or pork or grease out. Like, and coming from a culinary perspective, like, you couldn't do that. The health department wouldn't let you do that. But that is like. And butter, too. Like, yes. It gives you let it, it a sit taste. out. Yeah. It gives it a taste. That. Well, I had to so get over that. Jake is a big person for leaving the butter dish on the counter and not putting it in the refrigerator. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. It, it, matter of fact, it's so much easier once it's soft. Oh, yeah. It's soft. Room temperature. So, yeah. So it's nice. But uh, bacon grease never got put in the refrigerator because no. then it coagulates well, and you don't want that. No, that's right. I keep, I keep it in the fridge. Do you? Yeah. I just oh. I, the idea of it oh, staying out. you a rebel. I, just, I don't know. Well, he's not. And he's probably not cooking three and four meals a day like uh, like grandma used to. <laughs> That's true. true. I mean, I guess with that bacon grease and all of that, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Bacon grease underneath the cornbread in the mm-hmm. pot and the yeah, skillet yeah. for the cornbread. I mean, your whole mouth is just covered in bacon grease all day. <laughs> and, mm. But think how good it is for you to talk just, dirty to me. <laughs> if you can't take it easy, take it easy. <laughs> talk dirty to me. So I think we've decided that butter is a yes. Is a, a yes. yes. And yeah. everything fried is a yes. Uh, yeah, it is. But I don't do it now. But yes, it no. was growing up for me. I think, though, going back to different parts of the South now on trips, I see how very far the South has progressed as far as culinary. Oh, yeah, goes. of course. There are vegan restaurants. There are vegetarian restaurants. There are all kinds of health food restaurants. And then there's fried chicken restaurants. So there's... A whole swath of them. But growing up, most everything was fried, even in restaurants, unless it was a steak. But most everything was fried. So there's like fried seafood, there's fried chicken. Fried pork chops. Fried pork chops. Seriously. Yeah, no, for sure. You had a chicken fried steak. Yeah, you had chicken fried steak. That's a big 
southern thing for breakfast. Y'all making me hungry. Yeah, <laughs> right? Should we cut this short and go eat? Goddamn. <laughs> Let's fry up something now. Fried cornbread. I, fried cornbread. Yeah. Oh, See? What is fried cornbread? I love that. Oh, this like spoon bread. Yeah, it's like spoon bread, and you just and you yeah, deep mama, fry it, honey. Mama fried cornbread. <laughs> yeah. We, ne- I never ever had baked cornbread that unless we were in oh, like hush puppies. Exactly. Yes. Mm, sort of. Yeah. But not. Yeah, hush puppies have like that onion powder or whatever that's yeah. in them. That's yeah. Unlike, yeah. So it's just oh, so cornmeal and yeah, cornmeal yeah. and water, yeah, right? Basically, mm. maybe a little. Salt. Oh my. Aunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, used to use beer actually. Which is what I started doing with my cornbread. Alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all were not living at the foot of the cross. I cannot talk to you anymore. It's just nothing but drunk. (laughs) That's why I use it in my cornbread. (laughs) (laughs) That beer never sees that. Uh One for the the cornbread, two for me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, you know that rule. That's the way it goes. I am going to segue for a second in talking about one other thing that's very prevalent in the South now in recent years is wine wineries yes i yeah, really. am blown away by how many wineries have popped up left and right in north carolina go you know liquor is going to be on this list at some well, point yeah. <laughs> you were jumping <laughs> is that ahead. next is well, that next I, this so i'm, I'm gonna moonshine from a couple different ones because i feel like some of these kind of fall off a little bit but this one brings up the fact that southerners are avid beer drinkers it says specifically beer drinkers Burr. is that I, true no i mean i, I, feel like, I so. honestly feel like it's no. whiskey whiskey to me, seems a little more of a southern. I mean, drink. But I certainly I'm had cousins and family members who like their PBR and they like their little six packs on the weekend or little twelve packs on the weekend. Um, but I wouldn't or on say, a Tuesday. yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was something that always happened. So I also think that this list is influenced by the fact that currently North Carolina is the number one microbrewery state mm-hmm. in the nation. Yep. Okay. Oh, but, I didn't know that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's enormous. However, growing up, beer for us, at least for me, beer was only obtained basically at beer joints. There'd be these roadside honky tonks. Honky tonks. Yeah, Thank you, honey. <laughs> uh, flat swamp. I, I remember going in when I was like four or five with daddy, but I really You've wanted- got a baby in right. a bar. <laughs> in the South. Well, in a honky well, tonk, that didn't matter because typically they had food. Mm-hmm. Anywhere that has food, you know. <laughs> but yeah, daddy was trying to drink and get me off his mind. That's what it was. I leave the child here. <laughs> so we can get another one later. <laughs> Don't come home with drinking. What is it don't come on drinking with loving no, on no, your no, mind. Tell him I read it. He'll find a friend. He, <laughs> right. he, he would have found himself a friend real quick. Dan. He'll talk to anybody. Hi. Sit over there. <laughs> <laughs> but then we had, uh, once we found Jesus, he was lost for a while, but we found him. And then we had in town, uh, Mr. Jernigan had a beer joint. It was, it had been like a gas station, but gas. You know, had gone on the way, and so he sold beer there, and people would go and have <laughs> beer there. And the corner beer, store. yeah. Look, you've already told us there was a place that you could get your hair cut and buy your whiskey. So, so you, know, <laughs> you get it all done at one place, you exactly. know. <laughs> one <Kinston>. stop shop, <laughs> Kinston, the town of one stop shop. That's it. <laughs> get hammered and a haircut. Yeah, that's mm. it. What else we got? Well, this is kind of, I'm going to say it because it's, it's really kind of stupid. Well, we like stupid. <laughs> I'm in. Because it says Southerners are obsessed with country music. And I feel like uh, that's kind of where country music comes from. Well, so, precisely. of course, of course. Yeah. Well, obsessed, I think I'm saying it's, it's obsessed, which is. I th- it, well, for me, I think my family was more into bluegrass hmm. and not so much country music and then rock rock was always a big okay. thing so and like country music me that that's like kind of the pop aspect of music from maybe the some South. of the early classic country yeah so I, I mean so i would say when i was coming up it was certainly much more southern rock southern rock. that's i, mean, I was Leonard gonna say that. Yeah. and you know we it was WSFL was the number one radio station. Trust me. I, people put it on SFL and ripped a knob off. <laughs> they didn't listen. Nobody listened to country music. I, I'm sure somebody did, but everybody listened to rock and roll music. My mother is obsessed with Elvis. She grew up loving Elvis. That's definitely a southern trope. She grew up listening to Elvis, and to this day, I recently got her uh, and Alexa, and she all she plays is Elvis. All what else time. does she yeah. need? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Happy. 
a fried peanut butter sandwich and she'd be <laughs> ready to go. That is so. That is definitely something. People revere Elvis in mm-hmm. the South. I know where I was when it was announced. Well, he's from Nashville, isn't he? Memphis. Memphis. Memphis yeah. But Tennessee, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was on the way home. It was orientation for me entering the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And it came on the radio. And I, my cousin was driving home. And she had to pull over because she was crying so hard. Did they let y'all out of school? We had just gotten out. So it it was orientation. So it was only like half a day or whatever. But uh, I was at daycare. So how old are you? It really, uh, honey, honey, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Elvis and I used to have blue suede shoes together. We go shopping together. <laughs> and I think the thing about Elvis, too... Is it, he transcends generations. Yes. I have a little sister who is obsessed with Elvis and she has been really? obsessed with Elvis since she was so young. I remember babysitting them once during the summer and, you know, the easiest thing to do with a kid is just turn the TV on and sit in front of him. Right. And it, I don't know, maybe it's Turner Classic Movies or something. I don't know why it was that channel, but like Blue Hawaii came on and she sat there and watched it. She was mesmerized. Aww. Wow. <laughs> That's sort of cool. I like that. He had a magic. He did. Certainly did. Okay. So that's, that covers country music. But, you know, I, was, I wanted to say something about well, country just music go ahead and now. Say it. Go ahead I feel and like say from, it. from the outside <laughs> perspective, I would think a lot of people would consider Leonard Skinner country now, even though it's rock and like a lot of that kind yeah, a lot of, a lot of rock, rock for me. Cut, I know. I, where's I, your microphone button? Cut off. <laughs> <laughs> no, ma'am. You know, that but, was a nice thought that trickled across your mind. Put mm-hmm. it away. But, you know, I, you're right. Because if I, you look at his cla- uh, the classifications for Leonard Skinner now, it's always called, like, country rock. Country rock. Yeah. 100%. Well, it's southern rock. It's not country rock. There's a difference. The Allman Brothers were a little more country rock and soul rock. Lord, I was oh, born a Al- rambling man. All right. Alabama. They were a little country rock, too, weren't they? They were all country and with a little crossover pop. Well, Alabama uh, pop? Yeah, I guess. Well, what makes it cunt? Tree then. <laughs> when this one Why don't you tell me? It. When this one talks about it. Dan doesn't know. He was his family listened to Pat Boone. Right. <laughs> oh no, mom and daddy were soul fans. Conway Twitty. <laughs> no, Ruth Brown. I can tell you tell you about Ruth Brown and Laverne Baker now, but that's a different I that's love, a different episode. I love that you grew up with that. Very different. Very I actually, unique. I mm-hmm. thought that Ray Charles was more popular than Elvis because we heard a lot more Ray Charles in the house I grew up in which is sort of strange so I I think to be fair to you I don't disagree with you 100% but Leonard Skinner is really considered classic rock and roll yeah of course it is of course it's got got a southern and a country it comes from and it comes yeah yeah, absolutely but aren't they really not even southern I don't know no, that's CCR. They, oh, well, that's Creedence. <laughs> that's Creedence. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mix them all up. But you, it's, it's but it's also the name. Yeah. Leonard Skinner yeah, yeah, sounds right. like a southern name. No, you're right. I was thinking Creedence for sure. It's So in the early part of the 70s when they were all sort of getting their fix on, so many of them recorded at Muscle Shoals in Alabama. So it gave them a different sound than they'd have gotten, say, if they'd have recorded here in Los Angeles. A lot of those bands sought out Rick Hall and going to Muscle Shoals Mm. and being produced there. And it did definitely influence their sound. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, that's good to know. Because, I mean, of course, country music, you said Conway Twitty. I mean, I feel like that <laughs> kind of old school yeah, singing is country music. I agree. And Donna Donna Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's, Rick's hometown girl, Donna Fargo. That's right. Donna Fargo and um, Dolly Andy Parton, Griffith. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Andy, of course. What else you got on this list? All right. No. All right. Perfect. Let's do one or two more and then wrap it up. <clears throat> Pick some good I'm, I'm, I'm going to go thirsty. I'm white knuckling it over here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. I feel like I got the sun. Just okay, went. this is the second time I've seen this. So, um, at least one item that you own is monogrammed or monogramming things. Uh, oh, George, they- I saw your bag when you came in. <laughs> I know this is true. It's true. <laughs> I totally love monograms. <laughs> I do too. I totally do. Oh my god! So it was it was a, it was a big deal it in the eighties. Oh, it was, everything was, was monogrammed. Sweater, my sweaters, yep. my shirts, the whole nine yards. Nap I don't even things. know anybody who monograms anymore. I have zero monogrammed items in my house right now. She doesn't mean I haven't had right it. Now. It's right in storage. Now. <laughs> <laughs> she just uses a sharpie now and writes her name in her underwear so she knows which ones to pick up out of the pile. <laughs> I just pee on it and that works. 
<laughs> really? Marking his territory. Well, Rick. Where do you think that comes from? Monogramming things. <laughs> money. Is that, is it, okay. it, it is money. I think, it, you know, Status. if, you could, if you could afford super nice linens, yep. or you would have them monogrammed. Yep. So when they... So people, you know, people, would be in awe that you could afford. So people wouldn't steal done. your towels when they visit the guest. <laughs> and he gets them to be laundered. And it meant, <laughs> it meant I finally worked long enough at Winn-Dixie I could afford to monogram my own shit. <laughs> mama did. Well, Mama actually got into mo- having things monogrammed after I did, but I monogrammed everything for about five years. <laughs> Every so eyes take, on you, sweater was monogrammed. And you, so would there be a specific place you take it or? Um, Taylor. Well, it became a thing where where he would take it to the upstairs portion where he used to get his hair done, then get the whiskey, and he would do the (laughs) monograms upstairs. (laughs) I mean, when it became super, super popular, you just would order things, and then it was an option, and you could have it monogrammed. And if you went to H Stadiums in Kinston (laughs) or Belk, so at H Stadiums, the monogram woman was right up at the top of the stairs, Uh and everything you bought at Belk, you could have monogrammed. So it was it was a fashion. You picked the color, yeah. yeah. And it always had all three of my letters. Yeah, all three. Oh, you just come back in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes? A day, usually. Oh, okay. Because you had to... So you had to choose your style. You had to choose the thread, mm-hmm. and of yeah, course you had to take the garments, and then the location where you wanted it. Precisely. Yeah. So it was it was a minute. It's, yeah, it wasn't instant. Or you threw a fit like I did <laughs> when I was late for work one day, and it was Christmas, and they'd promised it, it was supposed to be ready the day before, and it wasn't. Trust me, they got it done. Hell hath they no did. fury. With, like Dan with no monogram. <laughs> <laughs> they were not amused with me at all. I didn't care. You are no longer welcome at H Stadium. <laughs> I was not. I think that's sort of what they said when I was leaving. <laughs> and, and Belk put her on warning. <laughs> <laughs> you have upset the monogram lady. I'm like, well, the monogram lady upset me. You were on a no Belk list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I found one. I, I'm gonna. Say, <laughs> I know this one's fun. I'm gonna say it in a fun way too. Grits ain't groceries. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> no, and eggs ain't poultry either, honey. Oh, Lisa was a man, right? <laughs> well, grits are a staple. I love grits Food so staple. much. Same I here. love grits too much, but yeah, grits are great. But oh, you mean polenta? Also, <laughs> don't don't come at me with that. <laughs> you can see yourself right on out of here. <laughs> also, though, I love the anagram grits for gays raised in the South. What? Yeah. Oh, isn't that son? He wants that monogrammed on. Uh, I am. I'm going to belt, and I'm gonna get that monogram next week. <laughs> oh, that's cute. I like that. It's it, probably it so, was originally girls. That were raised in the South, mm-hmm. I think. But okay, I like gay. I'm going with gays raised I in the South. I totally yeah. agree. We aren't girl magnolias. It. We're queer magnolias. Yes. Exactly. No, I grits grits all day, all day. I was Every just gonna say. I mean, is it you know? Do you eat it more in breakfast, lunch? Dinner? No, do you George eat it more does often? something I've never seen done before. You turn your grits gray. And the oh, breakfast yeah. that we've had to, uh, a couple of times we've had breakfast, and you you put so much so pepper. So pepper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it was in my household. You, if grits weren't gray, there wasn't enough pepper in them. <laughs> I have this picture here, and they're very, they're almost orange. I'm assuming they're probably like cheesy grits. Yeah, that looks like cheese grits. Did you have cheese grits growing up? Never. Neither Not did once. I. No. So that's that's newer. Well, we yeah, always had that newer, I think. sliced packaged cheese with like the, the little craft <laughs> singles, so it would never work. Dang. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the cheese that you could leave outside for a year and it's still American yeah. cheese by the slide. Right. Cheese food. <laughs> no, it's not really it cheese. Processed cheese food. <laughs> right. Um yeah, no, cheese grits I I don't think that thing. became a thing until we all were I think that was I know first time I had them I think oh no, that was shrimp and grits, I think was down in mm. South Carolina. Ugh. And that was one of those things. Oh, I love shrimp and grits. Shrimp but that's another thing so. I never had to like I was no. an adult. No. Grits for, were for breakfast. For breakfast. Yes, they were. It was like a side. A brown yeah. sugar. Okay. My mother used to do brown sugar with uh, with grits. Somebody and else asked me about Cairo syrup. Do you sweet this? grits. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't yeah. know sweet grits. I like that savory is, much yeah. better. Mm-mm. What is it, like cream of wheat? No, it was Dick Jake. Leave this house right now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, because that's, that's how we, we would eat the cream of wheat with, with sweet. We would put yeah. maple syrup in it, brown sugar, because it's just a pool of... Well, when you get instant oatmeal stuff. now, it comes with flavors, because people sure. can't eat it by itself. So I want every person out there listening to the show that is from the South, 
contact Jake and school him <laughs> on the fact that it's not cream of wheat. And that's I know it's not cream of wheat. I, I'm, but it's exactly the same. It's boring. <laughs> and you got to add stuff to it. It is the base it, to which you can decorate. There you go. It is, it is meal. It, it's it is like, literally just it's it, like it's beige cornmeal. paint. Oh, and it's, it's not cornmeal because that has a flour base to it. So uh, it's grits is, is hominy. just. It's just the hominy. Yeah, it's just part of the corn cob, I think. <laughs> Seriously, it's not even corn. I, look, no, it is corn. Yeah. So you know everything gets used in the south. If you grow, if you, right, if you grew up poor in the south, you ate the corn. You used corn cob later. I mean, you know, you got to recycle. I don't want to know what they used it for. Same With, thing uh, they used the Sears and Roebuck catalog that's for. What I would. ew ew ew. I wonder sometimes if the two of you actually grew up in the south. George was raised by his grandparents. You must have heard these stories. Well, we did not. We I, had we had indoor plumbing. Oh shit! So. <laughs> oh shit! No pun intended. <laughs> oh well, I guess we better go get something to wash this taste uh-huh. out of our mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need something. <laughs> well, y'all want to go on out to the front porch? It's warm out there. I, that there's a trip. Let's, okay. let's, <laughs> let's go have a glass of iced tea out on the front porch, y'all. Yeah, let's see if it's iced tea. Uh-huh. See y'all soon. <laughs> Welcome to the front porch, everybody. Hi. Hey. What are you serving us today? This is all fruity and red. Well, because we did Southern tropes, I thought yes. I would trot out something quintessentially Southern. So yes. today we're having Planter's Punch. Well, all right. Oh. We like punch. So cheers so pretty. to that. Cheers. Mm. Oh, slap your mama, honey. Mm-hmm. So this punch, punch allegedly. No. Was what saved Savannah from being burned down by the Union Sherman, soldiers? Right? Exactly, like mm-hmm. they the they entertained the soldiers so well and kept them drunk on Planters Punch. They never burned down Savannah. See, oh, see. well, I think we should do the same. And in the little <laughs> town I was born, Kinston, they didn't burn Kinston down because they offered them the town harlots. Well, <laughs> seriously. So Kenston had a, a red light district that now, was going in the early 1800s. And when the Union got there, they liquored them up and gave them women and they didn't burn Kenston either. So that's Dan's origin story. That's right. That's where my <laughs> grandmammy came from. Right. There. <laughs> got a little Yankee in her. And then here's me all these years uh, later. All these years later. <laughs> a lot of Yankee in her. Uh, well. Well. <laughs> So, I don't know about y'all, but I had so much fun talking about Southern Tropes earlier. I think we should keep it going. Why not? Oh, that's cute. We agree. (laughs) Yeah. Committee votes. So, what else we got then? Okay. Throw one out. (laughs) What about like on TV or movies and stuff? We didn't really discuss that, did we? That's true. We didn't really discuss those stereotypes on television. Because I think one of the biggest ones, and we've talked about this a little bit in the past, was like the whole Big Daddy stereotype. Yeah, oh, that we did, is on the Big Daddy episode. Yeah. yeah, we did. I mean, that was more about our actual fathers, but the whole Big Daddy stereotype is such a thing. It's that forceful, patriarchal character that's bigger than life, and he usually has super wealthy, and he owns part of the town, and no one can say no to him, and he's corrupt, and. He rules his family with an iron fist, and he usually has some trembling, quivering daughter over on the corner. <laughs> Sister woman. Exactly. <laughs> Big white teeth, maybe. Big right. wa- and then there's always the son that's like somehow a disappointment. Right. Well, yeah, usually. I, mean, I feel like that's the plot line behind Savannah, the TV show. Right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Cat on the Hot Ten Roof was Cat the same thing. Absolutely. There was so many things about, well, was Brick gay? Right. So... And I, of course, it was Paul Newman. He could be gay at my house. Lord, was that man pretty. <laughs> yes. He sure was. Yes, pretty. he was. I recently just read something about Paul Newman. Hmm. I didn't realize this, but apparently he was notoriously bisexual. Oh. Because there's a quote that came from Steve McQueen nope. that said he always thought that Paul was such a macho man, but once he got him in bed, he taught him who was the man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Somehow that. Somehow that doesn't now, surprise me coming out of Steve McQueen's mouth. Now, is it Daniel Newman, Paul Newman's grandson? 
Is that right? Oh, I don't know if that's true. They're related. I don't remember how. Excuse what? me. Who is Daniel Newman? Twilight? No. no. All right. I'll send you his Twitter. I'll show you <laughs> photos of him in the shower. Twilight we can talk did. about it afterwards. Is he in Twilight? Please tell me no, he's, he's in, in Twilight. Uh, the Walking Dead. work appearing on the Twilight film soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack, sweetie, okay, not the movie. But did I not say oh. Twilight? Hello. I got part of it right. Okay, oh, sweetie, man. whatever. So he was no, on. No, no. Um, oh, yeah, he was on the Vampire Diaries, Walking Dead. Mm. Well, he's an actor. All these things. He's an actor and a musician. Watch. You he's, said Twilight, and he was a vampire just on Vampire Diaries. Basically the same, same thing. thing. He was a vampire as a werewolf. Basically the same, the same thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> Teeth were involved. <laughs> so actually, I don't know what he was on Vampire Diaries, but anyway. Oh, so you're making it up. I am. <laughs> just I'm, so Dan will be wrong. Purposely contrary. Happened. But anyway, Daniel Newman is very out and very gay, and, oh, nice. and the, he, I'm sure he's related to Paul, so I'd not be surprised mm. if that gene is well. you know, in that legacy somewhere. And if it's... In know, that legacy uh, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if Paul's the grandfather, hopefully Joanne Woodward's the grandmother. Oh, he's bisexual, actually. Paul, uh, Paul Newman. No. Daniel. Oh, Daniel. Mm-hmm. oh, okay. Well, there you go. There we go. Grandpa like grandson. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about now, How are they related? Though. They are related. So does it say? Um, no. It's not so should we move on? We can right, happily okay. move on. Can yeah. we move on? So, okay. Why do so I show you Twilight? Life is very limited. It, I mean, I can't see anything on Wiki. Okay. So, Big Daddies and Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned, <laughs> well, obviously... Well, the big daddy wasn't Paul Newman and Hot. Yeah, no, 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 but he, he was the Burl dis- Lies disappointment Lies son. Big daddy. <laughs> All, right. All right, so big daddy, um, go ahead. Well, so you mentioned Twilight, and obviously you mentioned um, Vampire Diaries. So I have to wonder: Do you think vampires are a southern trope? And I ask that because of like Anne Rice and because of like True Blood and. I don't remember any vampires being from New York, Upper New York State. Do you? That's a good uh, well, point. There was um, Eddie Murphy's vampire that was from New York. Can't remember the name of it. Come you know, you're getting no help. Count from, Blackula. Uh, you will get no help from any of us on Count that. Blackula. That blink, blink. ridiculous, <laughs> crazy talk about Eddie Murphy being a vampire in New York. I don't know if vampires are traditionally southern. But there's a. You're right. The lore is very rich. So. Well, we make good story in the South. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's just because there's, and I think I've said this before, but I feel like for a lot of readers, a lot of people, the South is very kind of mysterious and exotic in its own way. It's that languid air of bygone, you know, gentility or whatever it is. Where sure. I feel like there's so much. There's so many layers to the South where things get hidden and. I feel like that's a good hot breeding ground for stories like vampires and witches. Also very superstitious. And it's a superstitious Well, that place. is true. You know, so people from, like, a lot of my relatives are Scottish and Irish, and they are very superstitious. And they brought it from the old country. Sure. I mean, it's a very big thing for them. So, and I also think that it we've created a lot of wonderful mystery about the South. And writers like Tennessee Williams, they put their crazy people on the front porch. Faulkner's same way. Yes. Your door wealthy. These are writers who are not afraid to show, oh, not all of our family was really upstanding. There were some crazies over here. And some of them just put them on the front porch or they have vampires in the family. Well, well, exactly. You can't say that mental illness is a Southern trope, but we certainly don't shy away from it. No, no. <laughs> it's Yeah, for sure. But I just did a quick Google search on vampires, and it looks like the first early record of vampires comes from ancient Greece. So, not the South. Okay, it comes from Transylvania. Ancient Greece. That makes Greece. sense to be a Greek <laughs> That's where witches come from, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm having a hard time. This is <laughs> what does it say about what what does it say about oh, what they were? What what story it comes from? The vampire, also spelled vampire, uh, was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Often fang preys upon humans, generally consuming their blood. The earliest fucking record was ancient Greece. Um, 
What was that? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> what is happening? I don't know what's happening right now. Anyway, can we move on to another subject? Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, you are right, George, in that the South actually does tend to celebrate their, quote, eccentric yes. family members, even though uh, this might be more of a mental health thing. But yeah, we do kind of push them out on the front porch and, and let them see the light of day versus locking them up in the attic or putting them away in some asylum. Right, because I feel like Tennessee Williams' stock and trade was like mentally ill women. Sure. You know, that sure. whole, mm-hmm. that fragile, barely holding herself together, southern, faded southern belle that was, you know, there was something wrong Just with Just on her. the edge. Uh, but she had a past that was glorious. Yes. I mean, that past was so exquisite, but she has sort of slittled. Great gardens, yeah. basically. Yeah. But that's New York. So. That's New York. That's so, very oh, that doesn't count. Streetcar yeah. named Desire, Glass Menagerie. Mm-hmm. They're all at, oh, oh, there's one set in New Orleans to where she pours scalding water through the floorboards. Oh my oh, God, that was so That's streetcar. That that's streetcar. Is it? That's it's the Mayfair car. Witches. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't forget Sweet Bird of Youth. Sweet Bird of Youth. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, so many wonderful things. We are certainly not shy about using colors, all of our colors. I mean, it, honestly, gay people come from the South. We use all the colors, all of right, them. Right. And I think we all we all relate to that faded Southern beauty who might be, a, who's had a glorious um, past. Yes. <laughs> We're all looking at from 88 to 99, I was in Miami. <laughs> How southern can you get? <laughs> Southernmost tip, honey. Southernmost tip. It did. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what we call Key West, honey. It's, it's floating on dragging, the Largos. <laughs> dragging the ground behind Florida. <laughs> I, and also for southern women, the whole like stereotype, I think, there's two. They're either... They're either Melanie Wilkes yes. or they're Scarlet. Absolutely. Uh-huh. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. No, and, and sadly, it, sometimes art imitates real life. So if you had a woman who was a strong character and she was single, she had to be the town harlot. That just That's all she could be, you know. Right. Or she had to be a little crazy. Well. <laughs> <laughs> what Rick it is, was. Rick is clutching his pearls over here. <laughs> I subscribe to that Dolly Parton school of life, honey. What is that? About the town slut. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of money to look this cheap. <laughs> See, she's made a fortune off of looking that cheap. Mm-hmm. What's your excuse, hon? <laughs> I ain't made a fortune, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I think one thing, you know, you look at the movies and you have the big daddy characters. Yeah. And while that is very prevalent in a lot of movies and all, it I don't think it sort of reflects what I saw growing up. I saw a lot of... Um, I was fortunate. I had a, a loving dad, um, but I didn't find that all the men were iron fisted. But now we had some in the town. Um, the guy that was the richest one was Dred Mitchell. And he used to say, if you ever get a man down, make sure you put your foot on his throat. And he believed that and practiced that every day in his life. Dred Mitchell. Dred Mitchell. <laughs> Dred Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Senior. All right. <laughs> well, there we go. Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I I know some of the guys at the table have heard this story, and I might have told it, but his wife's name was Della. And she picked up the phone one day, and she called Heilick Myers. And she said, this is Della Mitchell. And they said, well, hello, Miss Mitchell. How are you doing? She's like, I'm, I'm great. I want page four. And they said, well... Miss Della, what do you want on page four? Because the circular had gone uh-huh. up. She said, I want page four. And they're like, what do you want on page four? She said, all of it. All of it. And it arrived the next day. Mm-hmm. She all got of page Everything four. Everything that was in page four, <laughs> she bought. They had that kind of money. Well, the that, Mitchell's on it. Uh-huh, that was not our family. <laughs> See, not your experience. Not we mine like, either. No, we were like, oh, look, let's go get that one wooden chair for the front porch one at a time. That brings up another Southern stereotype, I think, in literature. You're either incredibly wealthy or you yes. are dirt poor farmer. Yeah. There's I no, think there's, I think that sort of reflected there, life didn't no. <laughs> you know, there's no middle class. There's right? no middle class no, no, ever. No. You're either tobacco road or, or your own tobacco exactly. road, one or the other. Yeah. I do think that that is true. And I well, I think it's and it's also what's represented best in art, whether it's literature or films or whatever, cuz it people can relate to it. You either feel like you're on the top of the world right. or you feel like the world is on top of you. Yes. And that sells. Mhm. Well, and then I think if you look at TV and TV shows, there that's 
pretty much how it is across most stories, right? Is you either have the super rich family in town that owns everything and runs the whole town, and then you have the people who are poor and trying to fight back against yeah. the people who are rich, and and it makes for great drama. So I'm sure that might be. Where and they're always like portrayed as predominantly rural too, like yes. coming from. The, oh, the, poor, yeah. the poor are always rural, and in right? general, you know, we'll go to the, think of the goes south. back oh. to that southern uh, that southern accent and the loss of the yeah. IQ. Well, and and so here is something about what was so popular in the '60s and into the early '70s were things like the Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, things that portrayed Southerners. Now there was always somebody who was bursting out. I mean, Uncle Jed wasn't an idiot, right? I mean, he was portrayed as he was the patriarch. He wasn't crazy or whatever, but it was he all was Big Daddy. He was Big Daddy, but everybody else was a little touched in the head one way or another. Ellen May, Ellie, well, well, and then she was like the Scarlet Woman, <laughs> yes, and Jethro yes. was the idiot he, by far. And Granny's doing some moonshine. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you okay. had you had things like Green Acres. There were a lot of these rural shows that were so very popular. They were all in the top ratings. Well, there was that period, I think, where Southernism or like hillbillyism yes. was quite trendy. Yeah. You know, with like Hee Haw and Dukes of Hazard and all those other hillbilly shows that are so famous they need not be named. Right. Well, John. Because you can't remember. Because I, I think I ran out. There's two. So, John Snyder just turned 62. He's Bo. Yes. Oh, Lord, honey. I saw some pictures of him recently through the years type pictures. I'm like, Bo, babe. Oh, honey, he was pretty. He was. And he is so handsome now. He, you know, he looks 12 now instead of 11. Now he's, I mean, he's, he's aged nicely. Now I will say that when I did the math, I think Mr. Man has been shaving off some years because I. She says that about everybody. Well, of course. Well, I'm 59 and he's 62. So I did the math at where I was in high school as to where the show debuted. If his math is correct, he debuted on a big hit series at age 19, mm-hmm. playing somebody older. So I think he's a, more towards 65, at least I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, well, that reminds me. Two other shows that I did not name. Andy Griffith. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, of course, Gomer Pyle. Yes. Yep. And Mayberry RFD, which was sort of the after Andy Griffith. So, uh, yeah, I, they were popular. I think Andy Griffith was a lot more highbrow. Uh, Do you? I mean, it was still Barney, so... Barney Fife was funny and all that, but Andy was always portrayed as... Well, he was a straight man. Yeah, he 100%. was definitely a straight man in this. But um, I think when we got to the, like the Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres, we were really making fun of... Yeah. Um, but well, Lisa and Gomer Pyle. Well, it, it was definitely trope TV, yes, without a doubt. Precisely. And then you, you come back around to like designing women and shows... Like that, they were smart shows. They were smart shows, and they've gotten away from the tropes. The well, not Within so much reason. the stereotype, <laughs> but definitely yes. not the trope. And there is a difference, I think, between a stereotype and a trope. Yeah, that's true. I think I think that from the seventies to the eighties, the South got smart mm-hmm. on yes. television. Yes, it wasn't dumb hicks anymore. Well, and even though I sort of deride a little bit about the dumb hicks, the writing was. Phenomenal comedic comedic writing was really great. I mean, yes, they were making fun of Southerners and stuff, but the writing was so fun and so funny. Uh, Petticoat Junction was another one, and it's just one of these things. But when we get to design and women, they ran alongside of the Golden Girls, different genre. Well, sorry, different taste, but just as smart. Well, and so that's interesting because the Golden Girls, obviously, there's the one Southern character, and she's completely a trope. I mean, that yes. whole, that, or she's a complete stereotype where it's just like it's that scarlet woman, that wanton woman. Um, and that's how she's defined. That's her one real character trait. You're a slut. Yes. You know? Yeah. And then I think. Beat she- it, you 50 year old mattress. Yes. And designing women didn't do that. They didn't, but. They sort of did with Suzanne because Suzanne couldn't mm-hmm. live without a man. So she was that Southern woman that she was needed a, a man, queen, but needed she someone. needed a man to complete her. So she was often married. But I don't think they ever made her slutty. No, and they never made her subservient to a man either. 
So she was always an equal. I mean, even the old man she married, that was... I just love Gerald, Gerald Rainey, what's his name? Oh, that's in real life. <laughs> but <laughs> he, Gerald but Mac was, Rainey. But wasn't he also her husband on the show? No, he was uh, the love interest of Charlene. No. I think I'm no. right. I think I'm right. I should look it up. Oh, I think you are right. I will say, though... I got that on tape for the yeah. first time ever. <laughs> darn it. Darn it. Darn it. Oh, I will say that if the story she tells is true, Gerald came on the set and she set her eyes on him and she said it was love at first sight. Oh. And she Aww. said, I do actually She remember said that. to Annie Potts, I will get him. I will get him and I will marry him. And darned if she didn't. Yes, she did. And they're still together. So there's there's one other, well, I don't know if it's that yeah, trope. I guess probably fits. Uh, is that in the South it feels like there's either the hyper masculine or the hyper feminine uh, sort of roles, and there's nowhere sort of in between. It feels like so you either get the manliest of men or the or you know the f- most feminine of women, but you don't get characters that unless live anywhere in between that unless they're. Agnes Moorhead in Hush Hush Sweet mm-hmm. Charlotte. Well, what was she doing? She was, <laughs> what was that accent? Well, but, but her portrayal. But, but she was also crazy, wasn't she? Well, she was touched. So the thing is, I, I do agree with you because you really had this, these women who were over the top or overly mousy. And you had the men who were always over the top. But you're right. You didn't get anybody that was in the fae. Arena, where you weren't two sure. words <gasps> for y'all. Uh oh, uh oh. Ashley Wilkes. Uh, well, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I got I two think... words for you, Harriet Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. But I think Scarlett impregnated Melly because I don't think Ashley Wilkes could have done. It. So you know what I'm saying. But, but I, now I almost spit up my planner's punch on that. <laughs> <laughs> but now I will say that Harriet Olsen is. She, she is the ball buster of all ball busters right there now. But that's more of the Old West, not really the South. Yeah, yeah. Still. <laughs> the prairie, honey. Well, you know she was... No, I, 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 you'll <laughs> have to this out for another day. Right? Yeah. Mm, let's just say that Harriet ruled the roost. Uh-huh. She wore the pants in that family, honey. <laughs> and the bloomers and the dress. She wore it all. She wore it all. <laughs> well, my ice cubes are dry, y'all. I don't know about y'all, but I'm not. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. This Southern trope is just, I think it drank my planner's punch. I think there should be a, we should have a game. Whoever can count them how many times we say trope in this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll Which put it one? out to the, we'll put it out to the audience. The first person to get it right gets a prize, a planner's punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the it on the first try. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, the sad thing is, you can send in any number. And we're not gonna count. I'm just gonna say, sure, you win. You, you win. win. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's been great fun, but I'm thirsty. I'll see y'all later. Let's take it inside. See y'all next week. We would love to hear some Southern tropes y'all know. <laughs> Number 73. Sorry. Tell us at Queer Magnolias on Twitter and at Queer Magnolias Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere you can find a podcast. We'll hear from you soon. See ya. <laughs>